the best way to look at Gene Colan and Tom Palmer's Tomb of Dracula comics? Stay tuned. Welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Ed Piscor. I'm Jim Rugg. And today we're going to be taking a look at the Tomb of Dracula Essentials, which for my money is the best way to take a look at that pristine black and white artwork of uh, Gene Colan and Tom Palmer. But first, got to let you guys know that we have a Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. And at that Patreon, uh, this mitigates the Kayfabe effect. This will be a Kayfabe affected book because they are no longer making these essentials and uh, they are going for a premium on the aftermarket. But there is a cheapest version that is online and the King Kayfabers are getting it before you do if you are not uh, on that Patreon. Jimmy and I are going to be going to the uh, Baltimore Comic Con the second weekend in September. And without further ado, Jimmy, let's just have an eye candy video where we go through Tomb of Dracula, the kind of magnum opus written by Marv Wolfman, Gene Cullen on art duties, and Tom Palmer on the inks, man. It's a pretty powerful creative team, and they stayed intact for the whole run. I, I, I think after the first couple of issues, they get solidified, and that's it. Then that's they it. are on board. Pretty much, and it's and it's the the bottle. Like it's uh, it's more Wolfman. You got guys like Gardner Fox, drawing. Uh, I mean, writing the the original couple, and then once Marv Wolfman pops on, they stick with it for years. I remember one of the first times I ever hung out with Steve Bissett. He was. We were talking. You know, catching up telling a comic stories that mean something to us and he was telling me about how he collected these in high school and i don't know if you did this ed but you know you try to sneak comics into your school projects sure. your english class your art class and he said he was he was presenting them as like this graphic novel in his english english class and it's so interesting to think of where these kinds of proto graphic novels their history and i think this is legitimately one of them for marvel there are uh the creators who kind of abhor the superhero. Yes. Busema comes to mind. I never heard Gene Colan talk smack on doing Daredevil all those years, but this feels like a place that he was more comfortable and interested. He is so great with shadows, and you think like a book about vampires and nighttime, that's what you need in the artist. His art really shines on this. Probably his best work, I think. Right. I'm looking at Vince Coletta inks, man. Let's see how, how Vinny, Vinny Mac stands up uh, to uh, Tom Palmer. We interrupt today's video to tell everyone we will be at Baltimore Comic Con, September 8th, 9th, and 10th. We also want to remind everyone these videos are brought to you by the Cartoonist Kayfabe Patreon. There are three levels there that will get you access to our videos ahead of everybody else. And King Kayfaber level, you'll get all the videos first, and you'll get to sit in on the recording sessions. These videos are also brought to you by the books that we make. Ed Piscor's Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus, collecting all of the Hip Hop Family Tree comics in one handsome volume, along with 140 extra pages, will be out this fall. The proof is here, and it is shipping now to comic book stores and bookstores near you. Put your name on a copy ahead of time if you want to make sure you don't miss out. Red Room, Crypto Killers. The final series of Red Room comics is now being serialized. Issues 1, 2, and 3 are available. 4 will be out shortly. There are two trade paperbacks of Red Room. They are all self-contained. So buy whichever one you see first and enjoy yourself. X-Men Grand Design is going to be collected. All three volumes in one oversized volume this fall from Marvel Comics. Put your name on a pre-order for X-Men Grand Design if you want to get that in time for Christmas. My latest books, True Crime Funnies. 
three nonfiction comics, true crime and wrestling comics. These are available on my website or on my Patreon. Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive from Image Comics, collecting eight complete stories of the Deadliest Girl Alive, the Plain Janes for the young reader, young adult reader in your life, and the Hulk Grand Design Treasury Edition is available now wherever books and comics are sold. And now back to today's video. Look at these, you know, thinking again about Bissette. We talked to him about how much he doesn't like the grid, and you see Colin very comfortable going outside of that typical grid format. Imagine the reference required for such a comic, Jimmy. Like, uh, where do you find Transylvanian uh, architectures and those Gothic rooms and stuff like that? Like, it's a whole different set of tools that, that uh, Colin needs access to to just even make this comic. Of course, first appearance of Blade, the uh, Vampire Slayer, as he's called here. Yeah, very cool. Love the logo and everything. Unmistakable Gene Colin art, right? Yes. Like, Like, what is it? It's like gummy people something about the drapery there's like a lou fineishness to the anatomy he bends physics in a way that is unique to him but i think is comparable to a kirby and it and it creates a real dynamic quality to this artwork sometimes you'll see a car you know jumping up over the the horizon and stuff and it's it's not straight lines but it really adds to that feeling of motion and movement um you know there's probably some on that cover of the bikes it, it's just a he has the qualities that we celebrate with Kirby, but they're uniquely they're unique to Colin. It's not like he's getting them from Kirby. Now we're looking at the Tom Palmer stuff. And Gene Colin is a very tough penciler to to ink because a lot of the heavy lifting is up to you, the inker, to delineate what are these lines that you're giving me, Gene, because this is a medium that requires black and white lines. And you're giving me some side of the pencil action with the lighting and with the shading. And you're giving me gray values to uh, sell me on the lighting. You're doing the opposite of what needs to be done for this book to reproduce. So you need the right anchor to translate that material. Yeah, absolutely. And I always think Tom Palmer. I love him on Neil Adams. I love him on Gene Colan. Um, Two challenging pencilers. Yes, and, and a very certain skill set that my favorite inkers would bring to those guys um, probably may not work with every style but it works well with i think well with gene colon there are four essentials uh to complete the graphic novel that is tomb of dracula do you remember the other uh steve Bissett graphic novel that he presented in class mm -mm. first kingdom oh i didn't realize that yeah he says it in our shooter interview nice yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense to me it's it's what we had at the time and by we, I mean he, because I was negative years old. <laughs> Interesting stuff in the back there. Uh, very likely, this could be surprints. One of the things that Tom Palmer brought into Marvel DC is the, the earliest uses of, of surprint technology. Look at how he's applying whatever that is, a screen, a surprint, something, to like clouds. Yeah. Um, wow, that's interesting. Yeah. The thing is, we want to see how this is, is printed. Right. Because they take a little bit of liberties here. There's also a great artist edition of some of this material out there. Is that true? Yeah, for the, for fans who are, you know, love a Gene Colan and love this kind of style, it's nice that that exists. Talk about living at the right time, you know, right place, right time, that you can see original art by Gene Colan in an affordable edition like that. 
I think it was pretty nuts that at the time Gene this that was is, cool. This isn't the only yeah man. This isn't the only comics that Gene Cullen would be would be drawing, and he'd be doing some Howard the Duck, and he might even have still have been on uh, Daredevil a little bit. Did some great Doctor Strange. I know he had his frictions and stuff with Jim Shooter. Yeah. Around this era, uh, to the point that he fucking left. Yeah, this is amazing. Some of the montage stuff and some of the stuff that's like atmosphere, um, so inventive. Like, how do you draw that? And even like. How is that described in a script? Yeah, totally. The other thing is, like, how do you even write this kind of comic? Because, like, is it the same fucking story every issue? I'll tell you this. Up to the point that I'm at reading, it is. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that, dude. Mixing a little bit of uh, Marvel Universe into the, the story. Because, by and large, this does not really bleed into the other comics. Here's another noteworthy piece. Comic Dumb's number one uh, fear magazine. It won all those kind of like Eagle Awards and whatever awards existed at the time. Uh, this is cited as like McFarlane's Desert Island pick. Wow. Comic. I would not have I would not have guessed that in a million years. The other place that I heard about it outside of uh, comic book culture was uh, Quentin Tarantino. I think it was either on his Video Archives podcast or it was on the audio commentary track to From Dust Till Dawn with uh, Robert Rodriguez, where he was given shout-outs to, to Gene Colan specifically. Colan has a coolness to his art that not very many artists, you know, like mainstream comic book superhero artists have. That stuff's a little bit square and wonky, especially, I think, in the 70s. Colan has a coolness to his art. Absolutely. You know, like, this stuff has a film noir feeling. Um, there's just something about it that separates it. That said, I do think there's a vein of 70s books that this fits comfortably in. So I can see people outside of comics that would be like, oh yeah, Tomb of Dracula, cool. Masters of Kung Fu, um, you know, possibly Ghost Rider. There, there's just these books that are, I don't know, strange, you know, kind of genre bending. Um, maybe Starlin's Warlock. Right. These really hard to classify comics. And it's, and it's so noteworthy that the basic creative team gene, gene colon's the connective tissue sticks on the the entire time it's funny to see like the anguished woman you know close-up face and think like oh yeah he was also good at uh, romance comics right you know like what you can bring from those different genres and then just light it a little bit differently and you've got a horror book i think towards the end of this uh series it was kind of like a legacy series that that they sort of allowed to continue. I don't I don't think by any stretch it was a top ten book ever, but they saw that it was going somewhere for a certain period of time. Marv Wolfman is editor in chief for a cup of coffee and and becomes his own editor for years, and uh, they were able to sneak this one through for a while. Uh, very famously, he's interested in that material. Blade is a character that he created before. Tomb of Dracula. That was something that needed to be ironed out legally. Uh, but they had this comic continue, and I believe when Jim Shooter had his frictions with uh, Gene Colan, there were threats of, you know, having some schmuck uh, fin finish up the art duties or to just cut it off beforehand, coitus interruptus, before you get any kind of uh, resolution at the end. And uh, it is a good thing that whether, you know, it was intended to go 70 issues or if they had to quickly wrap something up at least they gave that opportunity and it is the first uh three essentials that that um collect the complete uh the complete tomb of dracula comic we'll skip that last one just for the heck of it but 
there's still another essential to go and a little bit more back matter because when Warren took a little bite out of uh, com the comics biz, Marvel started making uh, magazines, black and white magazines in the same fashion as, as Warren, but with way better artists, even though Gene Colan was a uh, Warren artist at some point. Uh, these, by and large, are better looking than those late period Warren magazines. Or is that the, Ditko? Yeah, it is. Or the, the you know the Warren magazines of uh, contemporary to when these were coming out. It's interesting to see these guys that usually do hard black and white white doing um, the washes. Absolutely, and it, and it was an era where you had to be an ambidextrous illustrator. So like. Maybe you get some comics work here and there, but you got to do illustrations in magazines and you got to do birthday cards and draw coloring books and just be able and know how to draw everything. Now, this is the one that has uh, the most kind of um, schizophrenic uh, talent pool because it comes from uh, Tomb of Dracula magazine, Dracula Lives and Frankenstein's Monster. So this is just kind of riding high off of uh, the original. That's encouraging because I have the first two volumes of this and I feel like I just need volume three to... P.O. Box 3071, <laughs> Monho PA, 15120. Thank you, Ed. Put that in Jimmy's hands, man. But these these ain't stinkers. No, no, not bad at all. You could tell, though, that like uh, they're trying to figure out how the hell to reproduce this stuff for the Essential format. It's a struggle. As, as time went on with the Essentials, they had access to less and less pristine black and white stuff and they always had trouble like you could tell it maybe that they're just scanning from an actual magazine because it, it looks like almost like a, a um fractal of dots look at the screens on this you know like that's your very traditional screen tone but then like this other stuff is some some different materials being used there yeah this is this is a klaus ink and busema i always wonder like in a situation where you have an inker and a penciler who's doing the grayscale gotta be the anchor I guess yeah yeah for sure but then I wonder like doing uh, ink wash that's a scary proposition do you make a copy and do it kind of like you do color guides or do you do the ink no wash idea. on the board there's airbrush be being used on this here yeah that sky's airbrushed absolutely You're right about the reproduction is a lot of range in the uh, reproduction reasonably spotty but for my money man for those first three uh tomb of dracula essentials that's the way like it it works beautifully in black and white you do not need and, and perhaps you even lose a little something with the mechanical color separations that were used that first hundred years of uh of comics making because it is a noir chiaroscuro type of a comic you don't need the color is that John Buscema some of it looks like it right yeah although it looks like somebody's really uh inking that stuff quick John Verputin is doing the ink ink mm. job duties on it yeah it looked like that one was one they had to get the press quickly yeah dude we uh it was cool that Marvel did these essentials as, as many as they did it's it's uh you know i'm sure we'll get comments about people bummed that it's gone or whatever but man they reprinted a lot of stuff at an affordable price if you were buying comics in these early 2000s when the essentials were coming out you could really get some some good comics for uh 
in, in pretty good shape, some of them. You know, the reproduction here, not the best, but like some of the line art from like the Kirby Fantastic Fours and things like that, they're pretty sharp. I think they reprinted them from film. Right. And uh, that black line was, if it was a clean black line, you would get pretty good reproductions. Absolutely. I was, I was a firm believer in uh, in the essentials. You know, I, I grabbed all the first ones for, for a while, uh, you know, with Spider-Man. Then it was uh, Giant Size. It was, it was the new X-Men. Yeah. And then maybe it was Wolverine was was the next and i was just scooping them up fairly religi religiously uh fantastic four avengers and then it started to get to like dazzler yes yeah the 70s stuff was so peculiar there would be like the 70s marvel horror where it'd be a mashup you know like Damian yeah. hellstorm and you know everybody uh that had like seven eight ten issues <laughs> right yeah like i was uh interested less in those but uh the the it started in the 90s by the way like it absolutely did because i remember when i was 15 wow uh maybe maybe 14 essential x-men 2 the the one that's like all john byrne stuff man so like that was 14 15 years old when that that went down so it was it was going on and, and there was no pirate channels like there was no way to read that stuff period right. unless you were getting those 50 dollar marvel masterworks books. which would be like 10 book? issues they were always with Boy, the that was a tough one to buy. With the shit color. I never bought one of those things. And and they knew that it was shit because they're all in um poly bag or like, you know, they're like shrink wrapped because they know that they're shit. There are hardcore collectors of those things and with uh you know that are online in <laughs> message board groups and stuff. You know like what they're cataloging where everything has been reprinted in those Marvel Masterworks. Yeah, I think guys like Kurt Busick and stuff uh had to had to use those for, for, for their their own work. But I think that that is a, a consequence of the old adage. If you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. And uh, what what else were you going to do, man? Like get the Marvel's Greatest Heroes stuff that were spotty and, and cut pages out of the original issues? Like, I would always look for the essentials where it'd be like a run of some great artist. And I think the Wolverine essentials would have some of that where it'd be like, oh, this is that Sylvester in black and white, oh, Sylvester yeah. and Dan Green. That would be volume two. Uh, you know, John Buscema and, and Sienkiewicz on top. Mark Texiera in the Wolverines, about six or eight issues worth, but those are pretty sharp. That'd be volume three. Yes. And I have all of those marked for their own individual episodes that would be done uh, exactly at this level. So Kayfabers, if you are not familiar and or if uh, you agree you better go on the hunt right now, man, because I do think that these can tend to get a little pricey when they show up, but they get cheap sometimes, man. There are sometimes people that post these things up. I never paid more than 20 bucks for any of these things, uh, but uh, as the later volumes go, like they're printing less and less of them, they're just uh, su it's supply and demand. Yeah, no doubt. And that's uh, where why it's beautiful to be a King uh, Kayfaber. Good to go, Jimmy? I am. Okay, favors like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Hit the bell so that we can notify you when new videos are available. The Patreon is the place to mitigate the kayfabe effect because the King Kayfabers get the videos before anybody else gets to see them. Uh, Jimmy and I are going to be at Baltimore Comic Con uh, the second weekend of September. And the videos are brought to you ultimately by the books that we make. Jimmy, tell the people what they're looking at on screen right now. True Crime Funnies. This is my latest self-published comic book. has three uh, self-contained nonfiction stories. I have sold out of this first run, but I will be reprinting them this fall. And also, you can read the digital copies on my website or on patreon.com slash jimrug, where I post my new work uh, to all of my patrons. 
You can also pick up books that are still in print, like The Plain Janes for the young adult readers out there, uh, Street Angel, Deadliest Girl Alive, My Superhero, Homeless Ninja on a Skateboarder, Eight Complete Stories in Deadliest Girl Alive. This was out of print for a while, but now it is back from Image Comics, so get that wherever you buy comics. And of course, the treasury-sized Hulk grand design with the fluorescent green cover. You can't miss it. My love letter to the... Uh, to the Incredible Hulk, along with a lot of the creators that made the Incredible Hulk the character that he is today. Hip Hop Family Tree Omnibus is coming to you this holiday season. The book is done. The book is printed. The book is bound. And I am happy to show it off to you. 500 plus pages of material. We're talking uh, 150 pages more than what you got in the original four volumes. The, the ultimate statement on uh, Hip Hop family tree but that is not the only holiday effort to come out this year x-men grand design is coming to you sooner than later in november i believe is when you can expect that it's collecting all three volumes of x-men grand design that i put together red room is my current efforts uh two trade paperbacks of that are out there as we speak and red room crypto killers is the last mini series uh to come out issue four is forthcoming there are three issues out right now each issue self-contained so if you see an issue that you like, uh, that catches your fancy, give it a read. If you dig it, grab another issue. There are other ways to support the channel, however. Jimmy, let the people know. Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe e-newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts, merchandise, hats, mugs, stickers, and lots more at our spread shop. That link is also under this video. All good ways to support the channel. Give them those marching orders and we'll be on our way, Jimmy. Read more comics.